Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Has this iPad been uh, playing up for you, Luke, while I've been away? No. Just not being very responsive. It's upsetting me a bit. In the year 110, Duan Zhi, Chinese protector general of the Western regions during the Han Dynasty, Ooh. passed away. Oh, I see. This is episode 110 of the Luke and Pete show. Yeah. And there's your link. <laughs> there's your link. I'm Luke Moore. That's Pete Donaldson. Uh, you are very, very welcome. Come in, sit down, relax. Make yourself a drink. You're listening. But not to- in the studio because we don't have sugar in here. No, it, that'll get everything sticky. It We're will. getting cameras installed so you can watch all of our angles. <laughs> you, can, you might even see a nip slip or an upskirt if I'm wearing <laughs> my kilt. That's banned now, that stuff. What, nip slips? I think it's. Nip slips is such a disgusting term. Nip slip. Um, I remember reading, I think, that upskirt photos have been banned and thinking to myself, we really needed to ban that, didn't we? <laughs> that was something I, that we had to tell people not to do. I thought that was taken. I thought that yeah. was as, as taken. I we'll thought, take that I thought, as read. I don't. I, I think that's illegal, anyway, isn't it? Yeah, well, imagine imagine <clears> going <throat> to a you know going to a um, a party or something. Mm. Um, well, I, what do you do? I, I take upskirts. Yeah, I mean what? I just just shine your shoes really well, and you can look. Start. Don't oh, give I'm people. Don't give people Wear ways on the to edge. circumvent a law <laughs> which stops perversions of that. Unwanted perversions, you know, consensual perversions perversions. are absolutely fine among adults. Unwanted, (laughs) unsolicited perversions are not. And Pete Donaldson, frankly, my friend, you should know better. I had um, uh, sex with a man in my dream, in my dream. And I, I, it rarely happens, but I was like, I wasn't unsatisfied. That's all I'm saying. Oh, goodness (laughs) me. You're going to have to expand on it. What? Carry on. I was having sex, I was having sex with a man. In, in a dream, right? That was it. Well, there must be more detail than that. Or are you too shy to say it? I'm not too shy to say it. I was just, it was just a dude, and I was like, I don't, I don't usually think about that. And I was having sex with a man, and I was like, this isn't that bad. But then I, it was just, I was, I was the, uh, I was the top rather than the bottom. So that was going to be my next question. Yeah, so. exactly. So I didn't really see. His, I said he sort of turned around. I went, oh, it's a man. I went, oh, <laughs> that's interesting. And then I walk off. <laughs> Tell us who it was. <laughs> <laughs> There's a man by the name of Marcus Spellett. I don't even. I, don't, I could not tell. I mean, I presume every face in a dream is like an amalgamation of different features that well, you've no, seen some, before. Sometimes you have a dream of someone who's very obviously that person, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I remember the time I had a dream that I tried to punch uh, Chris Moyles in the face, but I couldn't. That was definitely Chris Moyles. <laughs> yeah, just weird. I was. Just, I mean, not weird, but yeah, just like oh, that doesn't happen very often. No, in a sexy dream. No, no it's never happened to me. 
But, um, you know, the subconscious can be a yeah. complicated and, and very interesting thing, you know. Mm. But, I mean, at, it was at the last minute. You know what I mean? It's what not do you like, mean? It's not like I, I, I began the sexual congress with a man. <laughs> what, what would be wrong with that? Perfectly acceptable. Yeah, that would be just as acceptable. To. But yeah. I'm just saying that... It wasn't it was your intention. Su- it was not my intention. Yeah. It, was, it was a surprise. That's why it stuck in my head. You know what, what I mean? And what was your reaction to the surprise? Jizz. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't know what my reaction was. <laughs> oh, dear. If you're new to the show, you can't oh! expect... You, the thing about this is, right, and I just want to let the listeners behind the curtain a little bit. <laughs> and, and we do say this show is unplanned. It is unplanned, apart from, of course, your emails and, yeah. and maybe some bits and pieces that we've picked up along the way. <laughs> but it is generally un- unplanned. And I want people to understand that this stuff that Pete drops in every so often, mm. I just had sex with a man in the dream. or That I, was just me remembering it, though. I blew up my dad's used condom once. Yeah. Or um, Well, that's another yeah. gay experience, isn't it, really? But you nev- Incestuous and gay. You never tell me any of this stuff in advance. No. So the reaction you're getting... I'm not putting getting that in a running order. <laughs> there is no running order, no let's running be honest. Uh, so I just want to make people clear that I, 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 I've come to that as, as new as you have the listener. Yeah. What were you going to say, Peter? Uh, uh, a man had an elephant uh, whip. A man had an elephant whip to what? scare elephants away when I was in uh, Zimbabwe. And right. it really excited me, the noise it made. It was the loudest thing I've ever seen in my ever heard in my life. It was incredible. It was just made out of uh, a strip of old tyre, a bit of string, and uh, uh, a branch. And, he, and I went, what's that? And he goes, whip elephant. I went, you whip elephants? He goes, no, it's just to scare them away. And I went, how do you use it? And he just picked it up and made Cracked a it. thunderous noise. I was yeah. like, that is the most impressive thing I've seen. How does it rank alongside hitting the hippo in the face with a tea tray? It was certainly up there. Was it, it was certainly a very Just more impressive and oh, more wow. visceral. Yeah. Yeah. Wowzers. Could you, could you if, if you had anything about you, the old Pete Donaldson would have got a photo of that or a video of I it. I don't know why. I, I felt like I was taking advantage of asking to keep on whipping like... Uh, what sort of damage man. would it have done if it hit you on the ass? Oh, it would have taken my leg off. It was, <laughs> so, it was so bad. How long was it? It was probably about from that uh, wall out there but to, just, to here, like in, if you spread it out. What are you using? I don't know how you. I don't know how we controlled something so long. What are wow. you using a unit of measurement that our listeners can understand? All right. Eight, eight metres. <laughs> That's not what you just described there. Eight metres. All right. Ten feet. Okay. Ten feet's about, yeah, ten feet. Three metres then. Yeah. yeah. They're very impressive. Is that, mm. is that one of the main takeaways? Because we talked a bit about it last week, but you didn't mention that. So I, I just, I just yeah, remembered. I, actually, I, wrote, I only wrote down three things, and that was one of the things. Um, uh, one of the guys who was looking after us, <laughs> his local bank was doing some, um, some funny business with his money. Every time his um, bank account balance changes, he gets a text message. And like at about one o'clock in the morning, his bank account went from like $800 down to 300 up to 400, down to 100, and then by 6 o'clock, it was back up to 800 as well. Because of the currency? Well, no, they were just clearly moving money around. Oh, okay, right, I didn't hear the first part, okay, fine. Wow, well, okay, right. Isn't that cheeky, though? It is cheeky. Cheeky, cheeky little bank. Um, what cheeky little bank? Pete, uh, shout out to Ryan Gilson, who sent this in. We love you, um, RG. We watch you every day on, on MTV. MTV. Who the man, baby? You the man, big boo. No matter what you do, we got love for you. Say my name, Pete Donson. Luke Moore. Thanks. Um... Listen to this, okay? Ryan Gilson has made us um, aware of this. It's on the BBC website. The local website actually was published on my birthday, which Ooh. gives it extra um, Ooh la la. extra spice, knowing that someone was doing this on my birthday. Mm. I'm going to read the headline, and I want you to react, and then I'm going to tell you a bit more about it. The headline is, Drunk burglar rammed Worcester shop using giraffe. 
Right. A burglar drunk on Lambrini and beer. Lambrini yeah, and beer. Used oh, a giraffe statue as a battering ram to break into a shop see, and then fell asleep. And see, then fell asleep, now, Peter. See, right, right. You, they shouldn't be doing clickbait on the BBC. They're better than that. Giraffe. It's not a giraffe. It's a giraffe statue. It's a story based on a court report, though. It's a, sto- it's a, it's a giraffe it statue, yeah, but it is a giraffe, isn't it? He's not going to be an, having an actual giraffe in Worcester. And, I mean, that would be brilliant. Well, no, but that's why you clicked on it. You didn't click on it because a man smashed, chucked a statue through a window and then fell asleep. I'll tell you it. why I clicked on it. Premium content provider Ryan Gilson sent it. <laughs> so I put it straight to the top of the inbox. Gilfie Ryanson. <laughs> yeah. He's the best. Um, the reason why I was late, actually, speaking of premium content, dropping into our laps, um, the reason why I was uh, late was because uh, I'm late all the time. But I did have a sort of a reason this time. Okay. Uh, it was a Tottenham Road station and an old uh, foreign lady. I'm not really sure where she was because I couldn't really pick up the accent. The problem with me interacting with anyone not from these shores to be honest, the problem with me interacting with anyone, to be honest, is the fact that I'm from the northeast. Yeah, uh, I have a very difficult accent for people to understand. Yeah, uh, people in the in, in America, you'd probably equate it to something from the deep south. It's quite, um, it's earthy. It's um, yeah, it's trustworthy, but a bit dim sounding. Um, uh, I'm pleased and, you said that. And um, I, before I just cut in and say that um, that um, Edward Galbraith, who ran the shop with a giraffe, okay. his defence counsel said his memory of the incident is somewhat vague at best. Well, he's been drinking Lambrini and beer. Carry on. Uh, a woman, she goes, she goes up to me, she goes, um, what, the first thing she said was, um, ticket man. And I was like, oh, she wants to see the ticket man to get a ticket. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's just around here. She goes, no, 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 no. no. Chicken mask. And I was what? like, chicken mask. Right. And I was like, you, you want chicken? And she went, yeah. And I was like, right, I need to find her a supermarket because right. she wants a chicken mask. You're very mask. helpful. Chicken mask. The most helpful man in Central London. I always, I always get my phone, I'm always getting my phone out on Google Maps because I don't really know where anything is. And I always, and I always sort of think, if, if, if they need to know where something is, I can learn where it is too. So, so, so I, I get my, yeah. I did it on, That's fair enough, I did yeah. it last Friday as well to people who are trying to find Piccadilly. Uh, but I know the way that is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's really make that very clear. Um, uh, anyway, and, uh, and um, yeah, so it's a ch- chicken, chicken mask, chicken mask. And I was like, okay, uh, she needs a supermarket. Took her out of the station, up the escalators, and I was like, nearest Tesco is sort of north on Tottenham Court Road. So I'm like, over there, Tesco, Tesco, chicken mask. I mean, I don't know. What, I'm, I don't know. If she, I, she was going to make a chicken mask. I, I'm so I'm imagining. Not your concern. I'm it? imagining like a kind of Buffalo Bill kind of, yeah. kind of mask made she of chicken skin. Bet, lotion in the basket, or else <laughs> she gets the holes again. Pete, it's it's it's. You're just thinking straight away. Practically, how can I get her these ingredients? Yeah, yeah. chicken mask. Yeah, chicken mask. And and for me. All right, it's not the weirdest thing someone's asked. It's not the weirdest thing I've done. Not chicken the, mask, not chicken the weirdest mask. thing you've done this week. Yeah, I'm outside. Chicken mask. She didn't want chicken mask. She wanted TK Maxx. Oh, oh there it is. And TK Maxx was just 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 next door. So, so out comes really the fu- oh, out comes the phone again. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. A ticket man, chicken, chicken mask, mask, TK, TK Maxx. Max. Got there in the end. That's Boulder Dash. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know in the US, TK Maxx is called TJ Maxx? You'd swallow in your coffee. I swallow my coffee and I, and and I, and and I, wanted, I wanted to agree you in the strongest possible terms. Um, I was going to talk to you with a bit, the weakest possible coffee. I was going to talk to you a bit about a frozen lake in India for the skeletons, but I think I'll leave that for next time. Why don't we take a quick ad break and then after that, we can uh, mention some more emails. All right, Hey, y'all, it's Farmer Meemaw, and today I'm going to show you what I've been doing to take care of the pantry moth situation. 
Fucking hate that woman's voice. A pantry mosh. A pantry mosh? A pantry mosh. <laughs> Do uh, not in a pantry, please. Um, Do is, not disturb my maze. Is not to be, uh, not to be questioned. Yeah. Um, remember we talked a while back, uh, listeners were getting in touch about lies their parents had told them. Yeah. And um, this is quite a good one. And, and I'm starting to develop a, a, a sort of newfound appreciation for the deceitfulness of parenting, of parents. Yeah. Um, I understand that if you're, you know, if you're two or three years old, a parent's, you know, if you're a parent of a two or three year old, you're going to start mm. saying little things to stop them doing certain things like, yeah. don't put your hand in the fire. I mean, that's not, that's not a lie, is it? That's yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. But um, something that's, that's really come to light is how often parents have been lying to their essentially teenage children um, check this out from Ollie. He says, hello guys. On the subject of mum lies, I thought I would give you this short and, effect, um, I love and effect, short and effective lie my mother gave me. Um, growing up, we had a biscuit tin and fresh from a Friday shop on Saturday morning, it was prime time for raiding it. Mm. Um, I bloody love fig rolls. I like them as well, actually. Oh, I've not a fig roll edge. They're up there for me. Mm. Um, uh, as did my mother. And to prevent me from eating the whole lot on a Saturday morning, she told me that if you ate more than two in one sitting, it would cause you to shit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. There's a lot of prudenage in there, isn't there? Yeah. It's probably, uh, uh, yeah. At the time as a child, I took it as gospel and thought it made sense as the brown middle of a fig roll kind of looks like shit. <laughs> and lived by Still this rule them. well into my 20s until yeah. one day I thought I would Google it and see why figs or fig rolls caused this to happen and found out it was it was a lie. They would probably, um, but there would there'd probably be some kind of direct. They're, they're quite, um, eating a lot of fruit does generally keep you regular, don't they? Especially figs. Well, figs, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think you'll instantly shit yourself after eating two fig rolls, though. No. Well, um, more if it's a really scary one. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he said, there was no risk of working in a toy factory for McDonald's, but a very effective scaremongering tactic, nonetheless. Mm. And needless to say, she had the last laugh and was smashing them back. Oh, there was no tomorrow when I wasn't looking. So Unbelievable. There we go. Where's all the fig rolls gone? Sometimes uh, mothers will lie, and Ollie's batteries are Panasonic power lines, which I don't know if I'd know, actually. Yeah, baby. Do you know them? Which one? Sorry, I was... Panasonic power line. Well, it's Panasonic in it. I mean, probably common or garden, it. is it? Common or garden, mm. Mike. Uh, I, he's probably a friend of the show because he does get in contact every now and again. He's got quite. He's he's got quite a handsome um, Twitter picture. Uh, oh, I know. Is it Mike Gibson? It is Mike Gibson? Yeah. Yeah, I know him. Yeah. Hi guys, following up from your conversation on the Faroe Islands, I thought it would interest Pete to know there's a Michelin-starred restaurant there named Cox. How's it spelled? K O K S. Oh, that's disappointing. To be honest, if, if you're getting sent to the Faroe Islands to review a restaurant, you've gone all that way, no one's going to go back and check, so you may as well give them a mission and start. Just give them a stamp. Yeah, give them a chance. Give them a chance. It's funny because I don't know if it's got a Michelin star, but it was recently voted, I think, the best restaurant in Britain, mm. The Three Chimneys, which is in a place called Dun Vegan on the Isle of Skye. Right. Now, as you know, I, I uh, proposed to my now wife on the Isle of Skye, yeah. and to celebrate, we went to The Three Chimneys, and um, it's an amazing restaurant. Absolutely, um, absolutely beautiful. The food's incredible. It's an amazing experience. Um, but if I, I don't know if I'm able to accurately convey to you exactly how remote it is. Mm. It's um, so you, you drive. So we were staying in Portree, which is the main town of Scar, which is very small. Mm. Um, and that's probably about a really, really long drive from a decent-sized town on the mainland. Mm. Um, you go over the bridge at the Collar Lockhouse. And the Collar Lockhouse is sort of like a small town, I suppose. But anyway, it's remote. I mean, Portugal in the Ice Guy, you've got to really want to get there. And it's all single far roads. So there's no motorways or anything. So everything mm-hmm. just takes longer to drive to than you think. Portugal is about 35 minutes into the Isle of Sky. And then another 45 minutes is done vegan where the Three Chimneys is on the other side of the island. Mm. And it is 
it's it's ridiculous how remote it is. We were driving there, and I was thinking to myself, I don't know if this is the right way because it's we were stopping every twenty minutes for sheep on the gravel path, and that I've had to move them off so we can carry on driving. Mm. You get there, as far as the eye can see, one direction is just sea. It's right on the coast. The other direction is where you've just come from. Nothing. Each other direction, so all four directions, nothing. Little mm. hills and bracken and heather and sheep. That's it. You can go north, south, east and west. It's a bit like there that, Pete. There is a tree. Yeah, the, the Three Chimneys is a restaurant with probably about 25 tables in it. Absolutely rammed. Yeah. Full of people. The car park is full. The little house, they've got a, um, a little inn called the Inn Over the Road or something, right. which has got three cottages where people stay. That was all rammed. And it made me think... That is a there's ballsy a of, move. There's making a lot it. of drink driving. <laughs> no comment. That, uh, but, but it is, Pete, is it not? City rule, mate. A ballsy move to set up an expensive, high overheads, really pricey ingredients restaurant in somewhere like that. I would say yes. That's the correct answer. Mm. How do uh, they get the ingredients? I guess they do a lot of local stuff. So they get a lot of local meat, I guess. Mm. And then the... You can grow vegetables there, I suppose. What yeah. if you want some ouzo? Like you can get you can get a decent amount of scotch. Yeah, okay, yeah. right. A decent amount of a single malt. But uh, look, I've not been to the Faroe Islands. I don't know what um, where Cox is. It might be mm. in, a, in a town for all I know. But um, I'd like to go there. What would be the, what would be the reason for you going there, though? You know. Well, I think I made the point last week that nobody talks about going to the Faroe Islands, and then you said, "Well, why would you go to the Faroe Islands?" And I go, "I don't know." But well, now we've to. got a reason. But I want to. Um, th- there's a book by Alex Bellos. Called... Oh yeah, fucking Alex Bellos. I always talk about him. All right. Do you want me to carry on? I, I, You've got no content for the I, next I 10 minutes. I don't, so do you want me to... know, I don't know who he is. Okay, right. He wrote a book called Football, The Brazilian Way of Life. Ah. Uh, and it's not it's not a brilliant book or anything, but it's all right. But, <laughs> Stop but, having a go at him. But, um, You're the one always going on about him. But the first chapter talks about Brazilian footballers who are everywhere. So right. It's almost like Brazil is seen as the home of football, but what you don't realise is they've exported not just to Europe, but everywhere. Oh, yeah. And it starts off in the Faroe Islands. There's loads Brazilian footballers everywhere. In oh, really? In the Faroe yeah. Islands? Yeah, there's loads in Japan, obviously. Yeah. Ah. yeah. There we go, then. None of us have been to Cox. If you've eaten at the restaurant Cox on yeah. the Faroe Islands, do get in touch. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com. Apparently, it's um, it's all local produce, as you'd expect. Mm. Um, what else have you got there, Peter? Uh, I've got an email from Mark. Actually, um, we had one that, uh, that uh, somebody also forwarded on to me and you. Uh, it was from Adam. Basically, it was just a story about a um, a rugby match where an injury occurred. Uh, basically, somebody got damaged in the in the in the in the groin. Um, oh dear! And it ended up um, he later put in the team chat, uh, I presume like a WhatsApp group. The guy hurt his balls um, that had swelled up. Um, that he was off his uh, tits on morphine. Cheerily put that uh, he would have to return to hospital the next day to see if he could keep his testicles. Oh Jesus! The day came, and unfortunately, his two meat had to be parted from his veg. Now, I'm only including this two meat <laughs> because I think Adam, who has emailed in, seems to think that you've got two meat, and the veg is the penis. Yeah. Instead of the meat and two veg, the two veg are the two potatoes, and the sausage is the meat. I hope that's a typo rather than his understanding of the situation i used to have a boss who thought women shut out their vaginas uh, oh for mark, god's sake peter what you know what what you know what he was a grown man who yeah, thought but... women pooped out of their foofs so why can't you say it like that why do you have to because be because foofs is very childish yeah, but why do you have to be so coarse you're not one of pulitzer for filth i said vagina <laughs> i said i got it half right yeah okay all right well, let's go for a bit more next time all right uh 
what's the what's the medical word for exc- excreted out of the vagina? Because you can excrete yeah. you can excrete something that isn't shit. Yeah. So out Mate, of your vagina, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, carry on. That'll teach you. Uh, do you want me to do an email from yeah. uh, Drew? All right then. It's another one about parents lying. Oh, uh, they're such liars! I, I hate know, them. I know. Um, have you, did your parents ever lie to you in a big way? Um, <laughs> let's not get into that. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Like the census. I found out that I had a half brother from the census. <laughs> <laughs> they, they haven't even t- told you. Uh, yeah, it wasn't not really a lie if you don't tell someone. Yeah, whatever doesn't harm you doesn't tell you. I don't know how that goes. Do you <laughs> want to? Do you want to talk about it or not really? Uh, 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 the census was a big deal in my life personally. The census is like, oh my god, the, the government want to know about our family. We're famous. It's how exciting. It's what year come, is this? This only comes around. I was about fifteen. And uh, the census was on the dresser, and uh, it said that um, my dad had been married twice, and he had three children. And I was like, "Ah, ma'am, dad's a fucking prick. He's uh, he's filled out the census incorrectly, and this is an important document, so you got to get it right." Yeah. And my mum went, "Sit down, talk to your dad." <laughs> she didn't, she's not even jumped on the grenade. She no, said, "I talk to your dad." Talk to your dad. I don't, I don't actually know how I found out in the end. So yeah. Oh dear. Oh, does it dear. make? How does it make you feel? Uh, I'm not asked to be honest. I, I think people who go out looking for family members, and you know, there was there was certain there was back then. Dads didn't really have a lot of rights when it came to uh, children. Uh, it's, it's different now, so yeah. There we go. There on we go. that bombshell, good no old, one's gonna. The spectre of Stewie Donaldson is at the feast once again. How when is, it comes to the Luke and Pete show. How is Stuart doing it? Uh, 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 doing it. How is he doing? I meant in a condom. I'm putting my mouth on. Friday and slip that one. How's he getting on? I mean, how's he doing? I don't know, he's all right. He seemed all right. That's how I talked to him. He was down, wasn't he? For London, in London. Oh, we talked about he that. Was, he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was down. Um, what about Drew then? Drew's parents are not guilty of telling a lie quite that seismic, Peter. But we'll read the email out nonetheless. Do you remember prob- Drew Hill? Yeah, but it's spelled differently. Yeah, but do you remember when Drew Hill came back and everybody went on stage and Drew Hill went, yeah, we're Drew Hill, and Cisco went, yeah, we're Cisco. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, he's such a prick. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Do you remember Colour Me Bad having a fight on stage? Yeah, that was quite recently, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was he, hit, he hit him on the head with the, with the, with the chair, was it? Depressing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was depressing. Brilliant. One of them put on a lot of weight. Um, One of them left. Drew says, hi guys, on the subject of telling fibs to your kids... My parents had a pretty good one to keep me on the straight and narrow. This is actually really good. Um, I was told I had a very common heart murmur, which makes my heart beat a little faster. So if I was ever offered drugs, to please be aware and not take them, as it's more dangerous for me than it would be for other children. Right. And I could have a heart attack and die. Wow. Um, when I was about 19, I was at the doctor's having a checkup, and I questioned this. He said there was never that on any record, and my, my heart is fine. Oh, well. I never got into dance music and clubbing phase as much as my friends as a result, but it seems now like a clever lie to tell a young teenager. That's annoying, isn't it? Um, He says, P.S. My brother, when he was about seven years old, once asked my dad for a drink of his lager, and my dad went and got a fresh one, in quotes, filled it with vinegar, and yeah, now 28, my brother still doesn't drink lager, and is more of a cider man. These parents are brilliant. That's very good, that. They must have had some sort of parenting manual. Yeah, but he drank vinegar and went... Mm, I like it. I like things Ooh. a little bit tart. Very nutty bouquet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I remember drinking lager for the first time at a what new... What is this craft? Sarsons? <laughs> yes, very local brewery. Great local yeah. brewery, yeah. Um, I remember drinking lager for the first time at some... I, I grew up in a place called Gosport. It's like mm. a reasonable-sized town. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, it's not not great. But um, <laughs> as, as a lot of these places can be, the, the hub of the local community was the community centre, right? Right. Did you have like a community centre where you grew up? 
Uh, like a, sort of like a working men's club type thing. Yeah. We call oh, it, yeah, we call it yeah. the community centre. Yeah, we're, uh, Connie Club and um, yeah. Navy Club um, for people from the Navy. And we always used to go to a New Year's Eve party at this place and it was called Headcar. I think it was called, um, well, let me get this right, something in Elson District Community Association. Right. Um, anyway, and my a friend of my dad's, and there's loads of people there, right? There's people dancing, people sat on different tables. It's a big old place. And one of my dad's mates, this guy called Terry, was like, oh, um, do, you wanna, do you want a beer? And I was like, yeah, definite. And he was like, all right, I'll get you one. And he got me like a pint of beer. Right. Like a pint of like, I don't know, Heineken or something. Yeah. And put it in front of me. And was like, don't tell your parents. I got a fucking big pint of beer in front of me. I was only about five foot four or something. I was 13. Uh, and uh, I, I had a sip of it. I thought, I don't like that. I yeah. really do not like that. No. That's, an, that's an odd flavour. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? And I forced about half of it down. Felt really quite drunk. Mm. And then just tried to sort of mingle away from my parents for like the next couple of hours. That was my first experience. And then, and, then, and, then, up. and then the following New Year's Eve, we went to a friend, I went to my mate's aunt's house for New Year. And they had like a lot of money. Mm. I think it's dad. But in a working class way, I think it's like an old man was a builder or something. Yeah, it was yeah. a building firm. And um, we kept sneaking out into the garden drinking those little stubbies. Oh, and little I, stubby. I, for you some don't see reason, him anymore, do you? No, you don't. And for some reason, I liked it more. I think probably because I was trying to show off to my, to my friends more mm. than anything else. Um, that was my like, prime kind of first bit of drinking. I think my first proper drink, Pretty cool, really. Manson, watching the band Manson and Gear Dad. How old were you then? Probably about four. Because I'd abstained. Because I was going to nightclubs when I was about 15, to be honest. Because I, I think they just, the bands just felt sorry for me. And it was art people, they didn't give a shit. Um, but they, uh, I sort of abstained and went, I'm not, I like to be in control of myself. I'm not drinking like you guys. Oh, so when so you were like 15, you were a bit straight edge. So I you? was a bit straight edge until I was about 17, I think. And then I started, uh, so it was probably about 17 that I started, that I went to see Manson and Gay Dad and drank a Newcastle Brown. I was like, this makes everything better. <laughs> <laughs> You've not looked back since. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're looking for chicken marks down Tottenham Court Road. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember being drunk and sick or something? Or? I remember having a whitey, uh, going on a whitey when I went to the Wesley Nightclub uh, and the song Music Sounds Better With You. Music sounds better with you, Ooh, baby. Yeah. I remember just feeling like the worst. That's Stardust. Uh, it's a good song. Stardust. Man. Yeah, You're not right. nice. Music sounds better with it, you. Don't sing it. It genuinely makes me <laughs> Does it? It really I can remember being, having my 20th birthday. Obviously, quite late on my twentieth birthday in Magaluf, of all places. Magaluf, and I deferred for a year, so I went to uni uh, in the the following month. Mm. So I think we went there in like September, and I went to uni at the end of September or whatever. Was it uh, a results-related deferral? Possibly, yeah. Would have been, yeah. Would have been because I I went for it. This is is boring, but I'll go for it really quickly. I didn't try at all at school. Mm. did okay mm. and it, the arrogance of youth and all that yeah, yeah. I thought oh this is easy because yeah. I've always I've found school work quite easy at the time and I did I did like unremarkably but certainly well and truly easy enough to get to A levels yeah. and I got to college to do A levels and had exactly the same uh, attitude mm. and then just got completely pied left behind yeah I I, um, I got two D's and a U at A level right. and no uni would take me so and this is back probably when it's a bit harder than it is now maybe yeah. and um, so I had to defer for a year but anyway I went to Magaluf um, for my 20th University. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, studied media. Uh, and uh, there were a few of my mates and, and they, they had this thing where every time we went to a new bar on this night, right. they told ev- everyone working there that it was my birthday. So they so just plied with yeah, alcohol, yeah, yeah, like yeah, dirty yeah. pints. I could have oh, died. Yeah. Looking back at it now, I know it sounds boring, but I probably could have died. Yeah. It was so much alcohol. And I ended up... Um, Business owners must know that it's never anyone's birthday or anniversary or anything like that. It was the year 2000. No one cared. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you're probably right though. Anyway, I ended up in a in a locked in a cubicle mm. and being being sick and so drunk that I couldn't open it. And luckily, it was my it was one of those ones where there was a gap. Yeah, and my friend was able to climb over and get me out and take me home. Uh, like a, like a vomitous crystal maze. It was bad. Yeah. And I'd, I'd like to say that I learned my lesson from my twenty first, but I didn't. Did you got that to carry you... me home that one? <laughs> <laughs> and then sat on me all night because he was paranoid. I was going to choke on my own vomit. Oh. Drinking. In excess, in that way, is bad for you, folks. Rubbish. Don't do it. Rubbish. Um, on that note, Pete, do you want to um, do you want to move out of here? But what? Do you want to go to the pub? We don't live here. Do you want to move on to somewhere let's else with a bit more of a nice and, vibe? Let's go and slam some brewskis. Let's yeah. write it in our calendar, like Colin Kavanaugh. I love that, Brett Kavanaugh. Brett My favourite tweet around that whole debacle was uh, someone tweeting, oh, it's Friday night, guys. Can't wait to go and drink exactly one beer and put it in my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> There we oh, go. Yeah. The, the world is shit. To it? email us with information about you've had how you've had sex with a man in your dream or even in real life. Mm. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Don't hear from enough um, uh, gay men and women, I don't think. I agree. More of that. Get in touch. Tell us what it's like in real life. <laughs> this iPad, honestly. 